Good stuff, Friday, 8 o'clock buzz, everybody. Hello, welcome to Willoughby's Cafe on Williamson Street. Normally, we're worried about having enough coffee when we get to the station, right, Elliot? Where's the coffee? We need coffee. It's Friday morning. It's the Friday. I need my Friday buzz. We need coffee. So we don't have to worry about coffee this morning because we're at Willoughby's. Tommy is setting us up with coffee at Willoughby's. We got a full counter. Everybody, give yourself a, a big round of applause for showing up at Willoughby's Cafe on Williamson Street. Our first guest, none other than the mayor, is arriving and taking off her jacket. It's a, it's a beautiful 73-degree day in Madison, just like we, we, we love uh, this time of year in Madison. And, and um, it's, a, it's a beautiful morning. The orange sky over Lake Monona as I bike to, into work here at Willoughby's Cafe. We are, we are so excited to be here. We've got a lot of guests, too. The mayor just sat down, as I told you. This is a... Um, a year in review special. We're going to spank the year 2023, and we're asking all of our guests to give us three highlights from the from from the year. And we have a, a whole lot of fun people here. The mayor is here, State Senator Melissa Agard, who will call out three most significant developments at the state capitol in 2023. Probably get a, a county executive question in there too. Youth and Community Development Assistant Director at Goodman Center is here to let us know what he believes are the three most notable youth developments of the year. Um, and, and he'll probably order an omelet. By the way, the uh, omelets at Willoughby's, um, are you kidding me? They're the size of like hubcaps, like, no, uh, like manholes. They're, they're huge. Um, and, uh, and so people are going to be feeding their face here and drinking coffee. There's a few stools open still. We hope that, you, that you'll come down and, and, and join us. And, and uh, so, so uh, if, if you're taking your kids to school, uh, stop by. If you're a kid on your way to school, blow off school and say, no, I shouldn't say that with Howard Hayes uh, coming. Um, I, I'm glad he's not here yet. I didn't say that. Kids, get in school. Um, and, and you out there on Willie Street, get, get over to Marquette right now. Um, I take it back. Go to school. Uh, but if you're breezing down Willie Street, please do come in. We're going to talk to Nate Shepard. Um, uh, he's the, uh, the, the uh, 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 Tom Shepard, I should say. He's setting up right across the street at Ace Hardware. He's going to tell us the three biggest selling items at Ace Hardware. You can start guessing what those might be. I know what one of them is. It's pretty boring. I hope the other two are, are better. Um, so Tom is going to come over and tell us about that. You're not going to miss that. And then we're going to have live music from Madison, a compatriot living in New York City, none other than Nate Palin. Nate will tell us about the new holiday album that, uh, that he and his Waylon St. Palin and the Magic Elves have uh, out. Uh, and a show, big show, two big shows tomorrow at high noon. So live music, too. Um, all that and chance encounters with diners here at Willoughby's. Um, the Friday Buzz crew is here. Encore, Elliot, um, our, our, uh, our remote engineer um, and co-producer, Aaron Schultz is here. Jim Wilson is, has got our back back at the station. Thank you, Jim, for that. And Charlie Pittman, management is here. News and talk director management is here, so we have to be on our best behavior. Nah. Ah, let's just have fun. It's the Friday Buzz, live from Willoughby's. I'm yelling in the mic. Let's get buzzing. Friday, I'm in love. 
Friday, 8 o'clock, Buzz Live from Willoughby's on Willie Street. Come on down and join us if you're in the neighborhood. Lots of your uh, fellow Madisonians uh, have arrived. Um, people like, well, the mayor of Madison, Mayor Satya Rhodes Conway. Welcome to the Friday Buzz, Mayor. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, I, I won't put you on the spot um, and ask what your favorite neighborhood in Madison is, but I will ask you this. What do you like about the Near East Side? <laughs> well, you know, I actually have lived on the Near East Side uh, my entire time in Madison. Uh, I used to live, like, literally a half a block from here. Um, and I can say, no offense to all the other wonderful places to eat in this town, Willoughby's is the best greasy spoon in town. You, you heard it here first, Tommy. <laughs> yes, Nate. That's, that's high praise. <laughs> I think you, you better answer that. No, I, that that one I'm not going to say a thing about. There's too too many good servers in this okay, place. Okay, good, good deal. <laughs> uh, that 2023, uh, it's almost over. You brought three significant items with you in no particular order. What's one of the most significant developments in your mind that you believe has happened for the city in 2023? Well, so I think our, our most serious problem um, and one that we made a lot of progress on is housing. Uh, everybody feels this, right? Everybody feels the cost of housing. Everybody feels the lack of housing in this town. And so... We have, in the past five years, doubled the amount of funds that's going to the Affordable Housing Fund, and we're projecting out over the next six years to increase that again by 60%. That means that we can subsidize more affordable housing in this town. We can build more units. And people, I think, see the progress with the buildings going up around town. And that's critical because our population is up to 286,000 people now, yeah. and we need places for them to live. It's a, it's a challenging balance, the need for affordable housing and the unmatched demand for middle and luxury housing on the yeah. Isthmus and beyond. Uh, let me ask you about that. A developer sued the city of Madison last summer after the city council rejected a high-end student housing unit on the grounds that the development didn't contain any affordable housing units. The rejection broke a state law banning rent control. Alders are prohibited from such considerations. But in the interest of ensuring affordable new housing spaces, something called density bonus helps get us around that. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, so this is uh, downtown where I think most people know we have the capital height limit. You can't build something higher than the dome. Um, so we were able to figure out a way to finesse the difference between the height limit and the number of stories and get folks a little bit more room, a few more stories, that means more units, um, if they're willing to include affordability. And that's what density bonus means. Yes. Yeah, that's handy. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with uh, Madison Mayor Satya Rose Conway. We're broadcasting live this morning from uh, Tommy's Counter at Willoughby's Cafe on Willie Street. Um, it, Mayor, what's another important city development from 2023, in your opinion? I think another thing that we made a significant amount of progress on is reducing climate pollution and working on sustainability. Um, this, there's a lot going on in this space. We're finishing the sustainability plan. But, you know, one of the things that I'm most jazzed about is that we just took delivery on our hundredth electric vehicle in our fleet. And we have a fleet of 900 vehicles, so a hundred is, you know, not everything, but it's not insignificant. It's not. Um, and won't it be a great day when it's no longer nerdy to be counting? <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you just returned from a rather significant gathering 
um, uh, about climate. Uh, yeah, I was at COP28, um, which is the UN big climate conference where all of the UN countries get together and talk about um, how they're going to address the climate challenge. And, uh, you know, for the first time, they actually called for transitioning away from fossil fuels, which we all know is absolutely critical and must happen. Um, in order for us to reduce climate pollution and to, you know, save the planet. Um, so it was pretty inspiring to be there. The thing that was most inspiring for me was the presence of local government. Because I think it, the, the thing that's really important is that we are not going to meet any of our international or national goals without cities taking action. And um, this is where the rubber meets the road on climate as with so many other things. So there was more than 250 mayors from around the wow. world um, at COP28. And we really um, emphasized how important our work is and how national governments need to get resources to cities. You know, um, lots of people who were headed to local government sometimes um, uh, underestimate how the rubber hits the road yeah. uh, when, when, you're, when you can make it happen locally, municipally, uh, and, and not have to worry so much about the feds unless, I guess, you need them. Well, I mean, I will say uh, one of the best things about being at the local level is that you do have a higher degree of control. Um, it's a lot bigger job than I expected when I first got elected. There's a lot of management involved. But the bad thing is that you can be constrained by higher levels of government. So city of Madison is massively constrained by the state legislature in what we can do. Just one example in the sustainability space, we can't control our building codes. So every building that's being built in the city of Madison is being built to an antiquated energy code standard. And that's going to lock us into carbon emissions for 50 years. Yeah, or more, I, I would or think. Or more. Yes. Um, now, what, what would be your third most significant? Well, the third big thing is transportation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think folks will expect me to talk about bus rapid transit, which I will because it's happening. And I'm super excited. And you start to see the stations coming out of the ground. <laughs> and um, actually, our uh, ridership is up year over year more than 20 percent. And we are back to 2019 levels. We had a month with more than a million rides, which is sort of our benchmark. Yes. Um, which that's all very exciting. But there's other stuff happening in transportation, too. And the big thing is Vision Zero. And this is our work to keep transportation safe in our community. And we just received, thank you, President Biden, $6.2 million um, for safety work. Um, a number of different safety programs um, and projects around the city um, that will be happening in, in basically every neighborhood. There were some federal dollars that went the way of the uh, bus rapid transit too, is yes. that right? Yeah. Um, you, I feel like an idiot w with the, the bus rapid transit term. When I think of bus rapid transit, I think of like bullet trains, um, you know, like well, streaking okay, by down Willie Street. Bullet trains are trains. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a good, handy way to keep them separate. Yeah. Well, that clears it right up. Yeah, no, so bus rapid transit is, it is a rapid version of bus service. Basically, we're doing everything we can to engineer down the transit time. And so it's it's a bunch of little stuff, right? Mm. It's that you the bus pulls up to a platform. It doesn't have to kneel. All the doors oh. open. You can get on any door. It makes boarding and leaving a lot faster. And um, it has signal priority, so it can go through 
the lights before the rest of the traffic. Um, it can oh. jump the queue again. There's all these things that just add up to a shorter transit well, time. All those incidentals add up to a pretty big, efficient, more efficient picture. That's right. Uh, but Milwaukee um, has uh, also gone the, the, uh, this route, have yes, they Yes, they're moving in that direction, too. And um, is, has, have, have, is there anything to learn about what they've encountered, or, or how's it going down there? So actually... Our system has learned a lot from cities that have gone before us. I first learned about bus rapid transit um, when I read about it in Bogota um, in Colombia. That was They were like a, an international leader. Um, and then I actually had a chance to visit the system in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and, and we hired a guy who implemented in Indianapolis. So we are learning from other cities. I hope Milwaukee is learning from us as well. Um, and we're going to, I mean, Mayor Johnson and I talk, we're going to keep right on learning together. Mayor Satya Rose Conway, are, are you going to stay for breakfast? I think I would like to, yeah. Oh, that's good. I, I, I don't I know. Is there would, a spot do, at the do, counter? Should the mayor stay for breakfast? I think she should. Tommy, there's a stool right there. Oh, oh that's excellent. awesome. All right, Mayor. Thank you so much for joining us on the Friday Buzz, and happy holidays. Happy holidays, Enjoy everybody. your breakfast, okay? We're at Willoughby's at 1351 Williamson Street. This is the, the place to be, um, and we are excited to be here. It's a, it's, look, I think every single booth is um, is, is filled. And, and when I was anticipating the special, it, it made me think think back, because I've been here almost as long as WRT has been on uh, on the air. Willie, Willie Street and Wart kind of share a home and, and kind of share some, some roots. In fact, um, the first station was on Williamson Street, and uh, we old-timers remember that. I wasn't looking at you, Senator, when, when I said old-timers. I, I was looking in the mirror. Um, and, um, and, 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 and so a lot of people don't know that when they applied for the uh, actual call letters, which you can do, and if it's not taken, quite often the FCC will grant you the call letters. Um, they sat around and, and, and said, what, what, will we, what will we ask for for call letters? And someone, someone said aloud, well, what do you call a station with the world's oldest radio tower? WRT. And they applied for WRT based, that's a little bit of WRT trivia. Um, Anyway, <laughs> it, it's not true at all. Well, we have we, we have a new uh, a tower now that we got in like um, 1980, right? Oh, I'm getting the I'm getting the evil eye from management. Okay, it's, it's, it, this is a brand new nuclear tower. That no, I'm just getting in um, even deeper. But anyway, we have lots of fun people to speak with, including our next guest, Senator Melissa Agar, joining us here at the breakfast table. Senator, how are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks I didn't for having me. I didn't see any pancakes over there. You, are you waiting? You don't want to talk on an empty stomach? Uh, I, I talk better on an empty stomach. But the senator graciously <laughs> accepted our invitation to come to the special here at Willoughby. It's just days before she announced her candidacy to run for Dane County Executive. So we're going to stick to our format and asking her about the three big developments at the state capitol. But uh, I can't resist asking you one general question about your desire to become our next county exec. Um, there's a theory in politics that, and we kind of spoke to this with the mayor, that, that the, the more local the office, the harder the job. Um, you're going more local. Um, what do you think about that? Is that theory? Do you, do you, it's a different kind of work or, or harder work or more scrutiny, less scrutiny? What are you thinking about that just in terms of the pressure? Certainly it's a different type of work. I mean, let's be honest. I work in the state capitol in Wisconsin, surrounded by... Uh, Republicans who are maniacal about what it is that they're doing here in the state of Wisconsin. For over a decade, we've been 
trying to right the wrongs. Uh, so the work there is certainly hard. But having cut my teeth in local politics, served on the county board of supervisors for a couple of terms, being able to come back and really give to the community, use the knowledge and the experience that I've amassed over the years, um, to be able to lift up everyone in Dane County, make sure that everyone is safe um, and that they know they belong and we continue um, really uh, embracing our heritage but improving for our kids and our future is very exciting and I look forward to stepping into this new role. Well, you know, it, and it really is full circle for you in that regard. Um, and then of course, bringing what you know from the capital to the county. Um, so best of luck and, and I hope you'll come on as a candidate Look forward to the invitation. Okay, good. Yep. All right. All right. But now, uh, back to the state capital, the, the mean old state capital. Um, 2023 state capital developments, what's, what's, what's one of your big, uh, in your mind, your, your big developments of 2023? So I think that we all need to really applaud and be excited about that Justice Protoseowitz won this election to become our Supreme Court Justice in the state capitol building by 11 points in a state where we're winning elections by fingernails. It sounds right? like a few of those votes were, <laughs> came from Willoughby's. I think right? probably a lot of the votes came from Willoughby's here. Um, and because of uh, Justice Protoseowitz being in the state capitol, we will um, really be able to acknowledge that many changes have happened over this last year in the Capitol building. Really, the hope that we are going to have fair maps and be able to dig into true policy that is the will of the people, um, that is something that we've been working hard for well over a decade here in Wisconsin. And I would say that is one of the biggest wins that we have had. Do you have, and I, this is asking you to be, you know, to show us some clairvoyance, but what's your what's your gut on, on how the, the maps uh, decision will shape up? I continue to be really hopeful uh, that we are going to have new maps in Wisconsin that will have all 33 senators, which is unprecedented, on the ballot at the same time, that all of our state assembly representatives, of course, are always on the ballot, but they will join them. So the chance of writing um, our legislature, ensuring that it is more fair and balanced and working in the best interest of the folks of Wisconsin, I think there's a real chance that that is going to happen. Um, and likely we're going to know in spring. Um, I, I like that you chose uh, the makeup of the state Supreme Court as one of your state capital developments. <laughs> we, we forget about all the branches uh, and how they go together like a puzzle. So um, what's, what's another um, on your mind? Yeah, so the shared revenue bill that we were able to get across the finish line in the capital this uh, year was an amazing uh, feat. Uh, certainly there were parts of that piece of legislation that many of us would prefer weren't there, but we are working with Robin Voss and Devin Lemahue. Um, leading their parties, and they have nearly two-thirds of the votes of the legislature. But with the hard work of Democrats in the Senate and the Assembly, we were able to cross that finish line and bring more money back to our local governments at all levels so that they can really deliver on the promises uh, as the mayor had had talked about, that government government is there to, to work for the people. Um, you know, when you and I spoke on the air last spring, I asked you about bipartisanship, the mythology and the reality. And I hear you use that word with the shared revenue effort, mm -hmm. and I see and I sense that you mean it. I do mean it. I mean, there's a lot that I don't agree with with the majority party, and I will blame them for the fact that a lot of things that matter to the people of Wisconsin are not happening um, because of their. Uh, 
they're power hungry. They want to march forward with their ideologies as opposed to the best interest of the people. But I did hear early on in uh, the legislative session, Republicans talking about shared revenue and giving money back to our local governments. And you know, we walked into this legislative session with nearly $7 billion of um, additional money in our coffers that belonged back in the community. And through that shared revenue bill, um, as well as other pieces of legislation, we've been able to push a bunch of that out. Certainly still sitting on $4 billion, we need to get that back into our communities to the people um, of the state of Wisconsin. It shouldn't be used as a political pawn. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking with State Senator Melissa Agard. It's the Friday Buzz coming to you live from Willoughby's Cafe on Willie Street. Um, okay, so let's see, we've done two. Um, uh, biggest hits from 2023 at the state capitol. Senator, what is your third? I would say the fact that uh, we were able to get over a billion dollars into our public schools across the state of Wisconsin. I think that's a, a big win. Our public schools are the cornerstones of our communities. They're our economic engines. They're our future. It's where we teach our um, kids how to dream and to believe in themselves and knowing that they're going to be here to make good decisions for us. And our, our teachers and our administrators are really our heroes. Um, and in Wisconsin, we have been swimming against the stream when it comes to our public schools for far too long. Um, so to know that at least a billion of those um, additional dollars that we've had in the state coffers are going to our kids and to our teachers and to our community schools, I see that as a huge win and I would like to see more of it go that way as well. You've made a big decision um, to go into um, or to run for um, another office for county exec. What will you miss about working at the state capitol full time? Yeah, so our Capitol building is an amazing place, <laughs> and I have the opportunity of driving up East Washington Avenue and looking at that building and reflecting on what it is that I'm walking into every single day and knowing the history of so many people who have tread those floors and work earnestly in the best interest of their communities and having... Um, haven't been able to build on that and to serve as the um, Democratic leader of my caucus as well over this last year. Um, I certainly am going to miss it. I'm going to miss the people. Um, but I also know that that's part of legislating is that you sow your seeds and you tend to them while you're there and uh, you work hard to make sure that there's people coming after you to do that work. Senator Melissa Agard, thank you for joining us again on the Friday Buzz. And, and you, I believe we have you on the record saying that you'll come back as a candidate for county exec. Happy to be invited. Yes. <laughs> okay, we have that on tape now for per in perpetuity. Okay, I hope you'll stay for breakfast. Um, Tommy's going to take care of you. Thank you. All right, yes. thank you so much. We are at, at Willoughby's where the world's largest pancakes are assembled. In fact, it takes almost industrial strength to get them out of the kitchen. Um, and uh, it, everyone orders a pancake here. They sit patiently for, for just moments. And, um, and then the pancake emerges. And it, it's falling over the plate. Um, uh, Nate Prince and his uh, crack crew in the kitchen are, are you, you can hear it. it isn't it? That, that they're backing the forklift out with the omelet and a pancake now. It, it, it requires a forklift to come from the kitchen. It's, uh, okay, order up. I heard the, I heard the forklift. All right. Uh, you know, WRT started a breakfast special on Williamson Street um, in the early 80s. And I, I was an actual guest on that show. Um, and then I applied to be the host of that show, and, and they made me do an audition in the basement of WRT. And Howard, you have never seen such witness such failure in all of your life. I was so bad. I, I can remember the, the people's faces as I as I, I went through this like this mock interview, uh, you know, talking to talking to myself, and, and everyone just wishing that I would disappear. 
And then, haha, you know, fast forward 30 years, and they're stuck with me. And they, you know, and so. Anyway, happy to be uh, the Friday Buzz host after all, all of my humiliating moments on the air back then. We are at Willoughby's Cafe, and we're, and we're going to move from city and state government now to matters far more pressing, the state of our young people in Madison. And, and actually, it's no accident that both the mayor and the senator were talking about schools and youth. And here to give us a 2023 review of that scene is someone who's been immersed in the Madison youth scene for many years. Howard Hayes, he's the Assistant Director of Youth Academics and Development at the Goodman's Community Center. Howard, good morning, and, and welcome to the 8 o'clock buzz at Willoughby's. Thank you very much for having me. I saw you over there on, uh, on, on one of the stools. Have you had breakfast yet? Yes, I, uh, no, no, not today. I will afterwards. Okay. Because I didn't know when I was going on. Right, so right. You didn't yeah, want to talk yeah, to your mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time for everything. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to your year in review, we're, we're, I, we're still emerging in many ways from the pandemic. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, what, what kind of toll did you witness? that COVID took on young people in Madison? Oh, gosh. Um, um, I, think, I think it goes both ways. I think the adults that work uh, with youth as well as the youth um, struggle because this is a, like unprecedented event. We're still trying to figure out, like, I mean, I know that for me personally, um, it, it, it kind of worked two ways. Um, it gave me an opportunity to reflect on how important and valuable and how, uh, how connections with other folks really play a part in not only like my mental, um, my mental state, but in my emotional state. Because um, I'm a very social person, you know that. Um, so to be able to um, like di disconnect yes. um, and reconnect was uh, something that I was, I, I, I was struggling with yes. um, because we went so long without it. Yeah. And, um, but now that we're in, in the space that we're in now, oh man, uh, it feels good. Yeah, it does. It feels good. It? And Doesn't you can it? see that in the children as well and yeah. the young people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but did you? Did you? Uh, you're, I'm sure you're. You're also. You're also helping um, do some makeup uh, with academics and so forth because that was a real dead spot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the uh, the first spot is what we were what I was talking about earlier is get that emotional yeah. like feeling of yeah. being in a space with your, with your peers. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Virtual learning, mm -hmm. I think, um, supported who who we wanted to become academically. Yeah. But the, but the catch up of emotionally and how we how we move forward is uh, is a that's a very big part of it. You know. Now to your three top biggest hits for significant developments for youth in the city in no particular order. Share one of them. Um, I think uh, one of the ones I want to talk about is um, there is someone that I worked with uh, a while ago um, while he was in high school and, um, and it's a person uh, named Clyde Mayberry. Are you, are you familiar I, with it? Just vaguely with the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was someone that started off doing um, uh, a, basically a dance team uh -huh. um, and he went from dance team to uh, doing um, a lot of like interior design um, he's also uh, a personality on 93.1 he does this thing maybe that's um, who, where I've heard yeah, him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. From, he does this thing called the gossip report but, but uh, I think it's interesting that he has all of those parts but I think the part that's really important to know about him is he's like a community activist and, and so because of all the different hats he wears, I think sometimes we, uh, 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 we have a tendency to not see his activism as being as, uh, as uh, 
um, as forward as all the other things, that just because he's such a dynamic personality. So I wanted to be able to uh, let him uh, to talk about him as someone who's really uh, at the forefront of. Uh, charging a lot of youth activists. I really like that um, I- that you should bring a person to the fore, a uh-huh. name to the fore, yeah. um, uh, I- in addition to people bringing programs or bills or mm-hmm. or, or sort of brick and mortar to the fore. Yeah. So that's yeah. a that's a really um, great opportunity for us to hear that name, Clyde Mayberry, yeah. and and uh, and to now follow his work at, uh, as you describe. What's what's another um, Howard Hayes uh, greatest hit in 2023? Um. One of the things that I also, I, the, uh, I work at the Goodman Community Center. A lot of the youth that we work with also, um, also uh, come from the Darbo Worthington community. And there's someone that we've been, uh, that we've known as doing like a lot of work in, that, in the neighborhood. And um, have you, you know where the Salvation Army is? Yes. And, um, there is the person, Will Green, who does mentoring yes. positives. Um, has been, just like I said, a mainstay in that community. And he's really working hard on being able to get that uh, Salvation Army uh, building and hopefully turn it into like a more community accessible space. Um, So uh, I know that that's something that uh, has been uh, talked about in that community for a while to be able to get that space because as we get colder and as like the winter break comes and yes. all the stuff that there is a place that youth within that community can walk straight. This is to. awesome. We've got two names now that people can hear. Let's hear them again. Clyde Mayberry uh-huh. and then Will Green. If you're just joining us, it's Howard Hayes who I'm talking with. He's uh, Goodman Center Assistant Director of Youth Programs uh-huh. um, and we're at Willoughby's Cafe this morning. Do you have a third greatest hit for 2023? The third greatest hit um, is um, you can. Um, you can is a local organization that really focuses on using hip hop to a engage youth um, and to also look at the uh, the how the music venues choose and select the musicians that they bring. As you know, in the city, uh, hip hop uh, kind of yeah. has a has a bad has a bad rap. Literally, <laughs> um, but uh, and so they did. Uh, they worked with like um, a lot of different services. Yes. Well, and looked at which venue played what kind of music and what kind of results that you got. And what I mean is, um, if there was a, a venue where a fight or some, an act of violence happened, and as we're going along, we're realizing that those two aren't correlating, like hip hop yes. and acts of violence within different. Uh, different um, venues and so they're trying to now like get that stigma out and put in um, a more positive uh, look at how we access music who, who's the people behind making it yes. who's telling those narratives and trying to get in front of those narratives and and, and they're complicated narratives oh, and and, and yeah. such a, 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 a an important cultural mission though um, that's uh, uh, that's that's a perfect uh, round off uh, for, for our three greatest hits for youth development Howard um, we only have about 30 seconds left uh-huh. um, I can't let you go without asking you this yeah are you optimistic about young people and, and how they're dealing with, with these messed up times? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm really optimistic about youth. What it takes for them to be successful takes us all, you know, takes the whole entire community. That part is the part that I struggle with, with like more than the resilience. Like these kids are very resilient, smart, 
um, just brilliant, brilliant young folks that I have the pleasure of learning from every day. And I just hope other folks choose to put themselves even in the position to be around them yes. so they can get that insight about how yes. amazing they are. That's really reassuring. Howard Hayes, thanks for joining us uh, on this year-end special of the Friday Buzz. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you. Thank you betcha. Howard Hayes is the Assistant Director of Youth Academics and Development in the Goodman Community Center. Hand for Howard Hayes at Willoughby's. And of course, the Goodman Community Center is just down the bike path from Willoughby's Cafe here on Madison's Near East Side. And, and Willoughby's is where we are. The Friday Buzz, live from Willoughby's, coming up. We'll talk with the owner of Willoughby's, but first, some announcements and la-di-da business um, back at the station. You're tuned at WRT-FM in Madison, Wisconsin. WRT-FM.org online. It's about 8.39. and labor issues? Do you want to make a difference in our community for working people? Then join the Labor Radio team. Labor Radio is a weekly show that covers labor, social justice, and political issues that impact workers. And we need your help. As a Labor Radio volunteer, you will have the opportunity to report on important labor and social justice stories in your community, interview workers, activists, and experts, produce and edit your own stories. No prior experience is necessary, though a connection with labor is a plus. We will provide training and support. All you need is a passion for worker justice and a desire to amplify the voices of working people. To learn more, contact Volunteer Coordinator Adrian Rainey at 608-321-9583 or head online to wortfm.org slash volunteer to fill out an application. Labor Radio, a voice for workers. WORT thanks its listener sponsors and Arts and Literature Laboratory, Madison's community-based contemporary arts center located at 111 South Livingston Street. Arts and Literature Laboratory houses an art gallery and performance space, a writing center and library, artist studios, and a dedicated education studio, which features classes for all ages. Information about current exhibits, performances, and classes, and how to get involved as a member or volunteer is available at artlitlab.org or on social media at artlit. You're listening to the Friday 8 o'clock buzz only on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. Right. All right. Oh, man, Aaron, that was great. Aaron Schultz on the remote, uh, Charlie Pittman on the cue cards. I think I'm going to be out of job uh, the way the, this is going. Speaking of work, um, we've got Nate Prince, uh, the owner of Willoughby's Cafe. How about a big hand for Nate and his crew feeding our face this morning. 
Um, Nate, what makes a guy want to get into the diner business? Uh, I would say the food. Great food. Oh. <laughs> and, and lots of it. And lots of it. Now, I think there's another omelet getting ready to be uh, pulled out of the kitchen, um, Aaron. Uh, can you see that? There's another omelet uh, getting ready to get pulled out of the kitchen. Um, and, well, I think we're going to have to clear a pathway. Um, you probably know Willoughby's uh, sto the story of the name better than anyone. Uh, um, yeah, somewhat. Um, I, the basics are, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy who started it, uh, he actually had two dogs. Yes. And one dog's name was Will, and the other dog's name was Albie. So you're, you're close. Um, uh, my neighbor Judith told okay. me this story just this week, and she and her then husband Michael started it. Okay. And two golden uh, uh, labs, uh, yeah. one named w Willie, and the other named Albie, and okay. uh, and and that, then they named Willoughby's. And yeah, I bet you haven't yeah. seen a picture of them. She sent no me a way. picture of them. Aww. In 1991, Aww. that's Will, Willie and Albie, the namesake. No way! Isn't that fun? That's no, wait, on your, your neighbor. Yes, your neighbor is, and they live right. Yeah, oh, that's no correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah no. So, what was the hardest part of running a diner? The the riffraff um, that's in here, like right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. The people are honestly the best. Well, yeah. Sometimes staff. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff, the, you know, paperwork and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, I like cooking, I, but I was never, wasn't really that into the business side you, you of You like things. cooking better than the, the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really big uh, into all paperwork. Right. Last question, three best-selling dishes. Uh, the classic Fair Oaks skillet. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong there. Uh, it's pretty popular. Um... I mean everything. Uh, the heart's content omelet is. Yep. It people swoon. Good. Um, and then. And then. It's a toss up. I mean, like, maybe like the omelet omelet, the basil omelet. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm getting hungry, uh, Nate. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, All right. Nate, All right, Nate Prince, here. owner of Willoughby's. Everybody. All right. You know. There's no place like Shink, Atwood, the Willie Corridor, the sites, the destinations. Um, you know, Willie is getting gentrified, but, but it's not yet fully squeezed out of its juice. It's, it's come a long way, though, since uh, Dick Smith rode his motorcycle up and down um, uh, uh, the street in his ballet slippers and raised hell. Um, but this is a, a corridor that has always included family businesses. And, and speaking of family-owned businesses, our next guest walked approximately 30 yards from his place of business to the front booth here. We'll, we'll get a tape measure, Tom, um, it, uh, here at Willoughby's. And he and his brother Steve are too modest to hear words like neighborhood institution. But ask anyone in the Willie Street corridor what we do without the Willie Street Ace Hardware store, and it, well, it's impossible to think of. Tom Shepard, co-owner of the store, is taking a coffee break with us now. Everybody welcome Tom Shepard from Ace Hardware. Thank you, everybody. Um, it, it looks like everything's going to hell over there, Tom. I'm it looking through is. the window, um, and it looks like there's some chaos without you over there right uh, now. They're doing good, I think. Yeah. What time do you open? I forget. Uh, 8 o'clock. Oh, 8 okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's, you're, you're getting hammered over there. What's the hardest part of, about running a hardware store? You, Andy, maybe? No. No. <laughs> no Truth hurts. Uh, you know, every day is a good day. Nothing. It, it's all good. Well, what's the busiest time of year in the hardware store business? Our busiest time is probably August, um, when all the students move in and out, you know, oh, sure. departments and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, definitely uh, winter snowstorms are 
very busy. Mm-hmm. Spring's busy, but yes. August is definitely the busiest month. Nate and I were able to get very briefly into the history of Willoughby's. Um, your father started the hardware store over here, did he? Well, no, he, my actually grandfather. Well, give 19- us the thumbnail history. Get a short story, okay. Um, That's enough. 1923, my grandpa started the store with uh, another gentleman who uh, kind of exited quickly, and he ran it as Carl's Hardware from about then until 1958, maybe. And he passed away then. Um, his partner took it over. My grandma owned the business, owned the buildings and still resided upstairs where my mom was raised. Um, four, four sisters. Upstairs, upstairs right, up, right, right above right that above apartment. We can look at We're it looking right at here. it right through the window. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's where your mom was raised? Correct. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, so it was all good. Um, he passed away. His partners ran it till the early 70s. At that point, it was kind of going downhill. Um, my then dad, my dad, um, and my uncle Dick, kind of got into the business. I thought, well, let's try this thing. So we walked in in 1973, um, took it over, and it's been good ever since. So wow, yeah, wow, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really great story. Yeah, um, so living above the store, that's old school. Yeah, it, it hasn't changed. What's up a bit there up now? There. Um, we have one gentleman that's been there. Probably 30 years. Oh, okay. So was it a, a, still a dwelling? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's a three-bedroom, you know, apartment up there. I have good memories of it as I a kid. I bet you do. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Holidays up there with all the cousins and things. So, all right. The okay. moment everyone has been waiting for: the three biggest selling items in 2023 at Willie Street Ace Hardware. Number one. That's a little hard to nail down, but I think our number one best-selling thing is our staff, actually. We solve more problems. Oh, man. They're great. They're great, great, great. Oh, we've been yeah. hoodwinked. Yeah, Did we've you been say hoodwinked. staff? Oh, we got the best staff, yeah. Are we yep. talking about right, that place right there? In service, yeah. I, hope, I don't know when you were in, Andy. But, <laughs> but, uh, they are great. What a, yeah. a really yeah. great crew, and it yeah. always has been. It is, yep, um, yep. Um, it's really hard to pin down any one thing, but um, a 60-watt LED light bulb is probably a pretty huge seller, as all light bulbs are. Um, I think the other thing we sell a ton of is, not weight, but uh, little 2032 batteries for bike all lights right, that and makes sense. Uh, that all makes kinds sense. of, every digital remotes and all yes. that kind of stuff, so. Yes. Yeah, well, I look probably for, the big ones. I, I yeah. always look forward every three years uh, to, to buying my uh, lawnmower. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we go back on the history of lawnmower. We, we, we do. Uh, we, 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 I guess we don't have time for all of that. No, but, but, probably shouldn't. Yeah, yeah probably, probably for the best. Tom Shepard, um, you promised to come over right in the middle of a work morning, and you did. Thank you so much for being okay, on the well, Friday. Thanks for having us over here. Yep. Okay, thank right. you. Tom Shepard, everybody. Thank you. From Ace Hardware. Put down your fork. Give him some love. Tom and Steve run Ace Hardware, and what a cool thing to learn that their mom um, grew up in, t- in the apartment right above the store. That is so cool. Um, that is so very great. We're going to get um, Nate Palin all squared away here. This is a big crowd at Willoughby's. Uh, Tommy is uh, getting um, tennis elbow on that coffee pot, and he... Oh, yeah, it's from the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But you, 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 I do. <laughs> you, you're going blue. Uh, but you've never seen a better smile behind any counter than Tommy is serving those smiles for free this morning. All right, Aaron. We are we are making radio here, remote live radio. We're even on time, Nate. 
Wow. First time for everything. Nice work. You know? Well, I mean, leave it to a professional. Well, correct. This is not As your first. Uh, yeah. This is not your first trip to the cafe. It's not. I'm, you yeah. know what? I, it's like time management um, is something that I'm not bad at unless I step onto my own property. Okay. And then I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's the same with my cell service. I travel the world. I can take. T- I can call you anytime, anywhere, until I get to my living room. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why then, that then is. Then you need a map. Nate Palin and I um, are already in a deep conversation, as you as you can notice. Um, but Nathan is in town uh, for many reasons, visiting family. But maybe right up at the top is um, a big show tomorrow night at the high noon. Two big shows, actually. Um, an annual program that he, uh, he, he delivers with gusto called Waylon St. Palin and the Magic Elves. And, um, and that's tomorrow night. It Give is. us the rundown real quick on that. Well, uh, if, if you're not familiar with the show, uh, but this is our 23rd year that we've done it, so it's been going. I knew for it was quite for a time. while. I had no yeah. idea it was that 2000, many. Two thousand one was the very wow. first time we did it. So you were nine. I was, yes, yeah, yeah nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, but you know, who's counting? Uh, I, I I put the show together because. I, I sort of had epiphany the year before where, you know, I'm a big rock and roll music lover, and I was just like, I hate Christmas music. And then I was working at the Den. You remember the discount Den? I was working there, and my manager kept playing Christmas music, and I'm like, why do you keep doing this to people? And he's like, because it makes everybody upset. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I get it now. So... <laughs> So from there, I was just like, well, let's just, you know, really just go over the top with like playing Christmas music that upsets people and, uh, you know, make it fun. Make it funny. Yes. So that was uh, you know, and we're going to do a fun drawing now. We're going to uh, pass the hat around um, the, uh, the the cafe. If uh, Charlie could help or Ankur or Elliot could get that, pass the hat. We're going to draw a name um, in, in just a little bit, I hope, yeah. uh, to see if we, uh, or do we have names in the hat already? We do. That's awesome. Well, why don't we do that right now? This is for uh, free tickets to the show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Nate, yeah. Why don't you pull one out of there? Okay. Oh, wow. I get the honors. And the number is... The winner is... Dustin Wish. Dustin Wish. You have two tickets to tomorrow's uh, Wayland St. Palin show. And you can pick either show. There's two shows. We're actually, for the first time, doing a family show. Normally, this is a really uh, blue show. But we're going to do a show that's going to be appropriate for everybody. And then at 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock. And then we're going to do a show that's only appropriate for some people later at the 8 o'clock show. We've got so much to talk about in about five minutes. Um, I think we've got the, 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 the logistics for the programs uh, out tomorrow. Give me the 30-second the uh, uh, overview of the new Christmas or holiday album. The new Christmas album is called uh, Old Fashioned Christmas. Uh, it was an album that we put together when we realized over the pandemic that we weren't going to be doing a show, which was a hard pill to swallow. But we said, well, as long as we have time on our hands, nobody has any gigs, let's write some more songs and make an album. So that's what we did. So, you know, some of the songs are, they touch upon uh, pandemic activities, and then uh, some of it's just old-fashioned Christmas magic. I'm going to get off Christmas just for a second. You're living in Brooklyn, and not to get too serious, but um, among your projects out there at the Pogues Tribute Band, I know you did an incredible Pogues Tribute in New York last week. Um, I saw some video. What was that like right after the passing of Shane McGowan? Gosh, uh, anybody who knows Shane McGowan kind of always has been looking at their watch being, well, any moment he's going to pass, and that's been a, a thought for, for 20 years. And when it finally happened, it was still just unbelievable to know that we're you know, in a world without one of the greatest 
songwriters of our generation. What was it like doing those songs for that crowd? That I, 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 I mean, I, I felt like I was in the middle of a Pogue show. Like New York City has always been really close to Shane McGowan's heart, and and the city and the people and the Irish community of New York uh, really feels it like deeply in their hearts. So it was a, a moment for everybody for us to you know just try to send off Shane's spirit in a, an appropriate mm-hmm. manner and, and um, it was it was a magical time. The video uh, reflects exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um, back to uh, Christmas and, and, and the holiday fun. Um, what makes a good Christmas song in your opinion, Nate? Oh gosh. Well, these days with, with it, Christmas music often turns into country music where it touches on the same subject. So really, if you can find some way, you know, like like a, like, like a Taco Bell menu, it's like you've got seven ingredients. It's okay. like, what are you going to do new with this? So it's like finding that secret recipe where, where you, uh, you just put it in the right order where it's like, oh yeah, okay, I can see that now. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's pretty much it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But somehow when they do it right, every single year, there's certain songs that like continue You're to... You're talking about Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a different emotion that it brings to, to my, my uh, the, the core of my being. But uh, like a good Christmas song, like uh, the, the, the Band-Aid song, like uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? Every, for whatever reason, that song, I, I shed a tear every single time I hear that tune. And only the first time. After that, I'm, you know, I've, um, I've had enough Bono. What, I, I, everyone is giving us three items. Um, uh, who sits in the guest chair this morning, as you've noticed? Um, what are your three favorite holiday songs, not to listen to, but to perform? Oh, to perform? Uh, first and foremost, I would have to say Jingle Bells, but not just any Jingle Bells, Barbara Streisand's version, which I first heard in third grade. Our teacher played it for us, and our class laughed and laughed. It was the funniest thing ever. So Barbara Streisand's Jingle Bells, when we perform it, people are like, are you really going to do that song? I'm like, oh yes, we are. Back Buckle to the hate up. quotient. Two minutes of just insanity, that song. Okay, so that's we, one. That's one. Uh, another one is called uh, Christmas Workshop, which is by the Christmas Jug Band. They got famous by doing Santa Lost a Ho. Uh, but the album that's on, I think it's called Uncorked, there's some really great tunes, and one of them, Santa's Workshop, is just about uh, you know, Santa and the elves getting ready for Christmas, and uh, it's just a lovely, lovely tune. They mentioned bacon and banjos, and well, so, I'm, I'm in, right? Um, so, and then, and then a third, a third. Uh, well, at the moment. There's a song that was written by some friends of mine in New York City. I, hopefully, I can have time to perform it for you. It's it's called uh, Bells of Saint Ignatius. Uh, I've been playing with this band called Wormburner, and they they're a local band in New York City, and they've just written one of the the best Christmas songs I've ever heard. I think that sounds like a, a great introduction. Everybody at Willoughby, would you like to hear Nate sing a, a Christmas song? Yeah. Hey. All right. Mm-hmm. What if they had said no? Play it louder. You play it louder. <laughs> All right. Tis Nate Palin. Live radio? Live. Okay. That should be a tuned guitar. I heard the bells of St. Ignatius. So I wrote a couple phrases on a Christmas card and mailed it to myself. While Midtown's filled with tourists, downtown sings the chorus of a carol I ain't heard since I was 12. I got a package from my mother and a phone call from my brother. I'll return them both. When I work up the nerve 
From the fire chiefs to the cop cars parked on Perry Street down to the MTA and every storefront on display. The kids are counting down the days. I want to tell you happy Christmas. I hope you miss me something fierce. I hope your shopping's done I hope you've gone and had your fun I hope you say you're coming back this way Now there's the church and there's a steeple There's rows and rows of people Yeah, I guess they find their way back every year but all the coins in the collection plate won't pay the freight to make the Yuletide gay. Oh, this could go either way, and I mean it when I say I want to tell you Happy Christmas. I wrote this song to make you cry. And I'll sing it loud as hell, I'll ring St. Ignatius bells and catch the snowflakes falling from the sky. Thank you for joining us on this special show at this special place. Keep it up, Nate. Willoughby's Cafe, Nate Prince, we're grateful for your hospitality. We're grateful for you, dear listeners. The holiday time makes a, a sentimental host sitting here. I, I, I can't help it. I'm a southerner. And southerners cry very easily. Whatever you do, whoever you're with, in the days that end this year, we wish you the very, very best. And we hope you find love in 2024. We hope you find a lot of love in 2024, or maybe even just, just enough love in 2024. We hope you find meaning and focus to this world in any and all the ways you can. It's easy to be cynical, isn't it? Especially when you can push that out into the world for a laugh with a click of a pocket device. I wish for some restraint in 2024, some pause. Let's not be afraid to say, I don't know the answer. And listen to one another until an answer comes. Thanks everyone for listening this morning, coming to Willoughby's. From the whole Friday crew, Aaron, Ankur, Jim, Elliot, and Charlie, have a great new year, aloha kama'aina. And thanks for always singing, Nate Palin. I wanna tell ya, happy Christmas. I want to see you Christmas Day And I want your New Year's Eve I want you when these tourists leave And stores are breaking down all their displays